Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Well, if you're a fan of football, you know the Buffalo Bills are one of the most popular teams in the entire league, and their fan group is called the Buffalo Mafia, the Bills Mafia. And a lot of people belong to that, and people laugh at that and so forth. But there actually is something to do with the Mafia in Buffalo, and Wayne Klingman, otherwise known as Mr. Big, is with us once again. We just got done with a very successful look at some of the Vegas skim and so forth, and we wanted to talk about... The Buffalo Mob, because that's all part of this whole national scene. Wayne taught us all about Milwaukee's situation. Talk about Buffalo's situation. Wayne, first of all, good to get, get you on here again. Buffalo was very involved with the Mafia and so forth. Kind of tell us how. Well, back in the day, we mean long ago when things first got settled in the area, uh, Buffalo's unique situation is close to Canada, right? Close to the Canadian border. Hamilton and the like is close to Detroit. It's close to all kinds of major cities on the Great Lakes. It gives it a great opportunity to get involved in shipping. Get ships come and go, right? The seasons get things smuggled on. When Prohibition started, it was a great place to get booths um, imported from both Canada, bring in from Canada, shipping elsewhere through Buffalo, through the Great Lakes. They made a lot of money through transshipping on Great Lakes. That's one of the reasons why they are really big today, because I truly believe that many shipments through the Great Lakes are carrying drugs and other illicit materials, because, again, Buffalo is so close to the Canadian border, and the mafia loves the forest border. Well, and you captured all this, including what's going on today in this great book called The Buffalo Mob, The Return of Organized Crime to the Queen City. A great book that looks at a city that when you think of moms, you don't really think of Buffalo. And yet, as Wayne has taught us and he just talked about, no geography. It's all about how you transport things in and out and so forth. So when did this all start with Buffalo in your mind then? When when, when was the beginning of when the mob was uh, kind of... In the, 20th, in, in the 20s? In the 1920s, easy. You know, with Prohibition was big. Um, activities with early immigrants, the Black Hand like is also big. Now, we don't talk about that so much as we get into more traditional mafia-type crime than the Black Hand. But the Black Hand often followed Italian immigrants when they came into the cities in the United States. They followed immigrants so they could take advantage of them. The mafia from day one is shown to be not nice people. One of the things we tried to explain in the book is that the Buffalo Mafia, as all mafias are, are not Sopranos, right? They're not a TV show. It's real life. People get hurt. People get killed. Horrible things happen to people who get involved in the mafia, especially when they get involved with labor racketeering. They're taking hard-working union membership dues and taking them and using them for other purposes. Between no-show jobs, which should be filled by a hard-working man or woman, you know, they're some guy that never shows up to work, but yet he's being paid, or they're being paid. Right? That's funny, especially if you go into the union. Or unions' funds are being siphoned off, and all kinds of other interesting activities from loan sharking on. You know, labor racketeering is very, very big in Buffalo at the time. And guy up to the 60s, I think, um, as Ron Fino um, started working with the FBI to try to stop some of this shit. It wasn't for brave men like Ron Fino. Guy knows what would be going on today. I mean, people finally stood up and spoke out. 
Well, it is fascinating. And when you talk about the Buffalo mob, too, it is still connected, right, to the families that we hear of in New York and throughout the country. This, in other words, isn't just a local thing. It's all tied into the national and international scene. Well, especially when you look internationally, it's definitely tied into what's going on in Canada. In volume two, we're taking a look at how the Buffalo Mafia is involved in a situation where they're active in Canada. Again, because Canada's right there. Canada's real close. If you read the Buffalo newspapers, there's story after story after story about how many times people in the Buffalo area are getting caught up in crimes going on in Canada. You know, and they're using the Hells Angels and other motorcycle gangs, right, in my opinion, to go and help them out. I mean, what's better use to get any muscle your local outlaw motorcycle gang doing your dirty work for you? And I think it's kind of important, and this is why you spend so much time with things like the Milwaukee mob and so forth. We all know about Vegas. That's why we're talking about this on Vegas Never Sleeps. But it all is important, and again, we all think borders... All of us think, of course, because of today, the southern border, Mexico and right. so forth. But you're right. A lot of this stuff came from Canada. And Canada wasn't one of those countries that was uh, left alone by the mob, right? I mean, Canada was infiltrated by the mob in the same way that America was. Absolutely. Canada found its way to the mafia's grips, without a doubt. I mean, the Italians, 99% of Italian immigrants come to the United States are really good, honest, hardworking people. But there's always an element that's not so much. The element comes here, too. The element comes where the people go. They learn to take advantage, again, to the black hand back in the day. Let's, let's go and take advantage of these people. You know, what, what, what recourse do they have? So what's even going on today within the Hispanic community being victimized by some elements of the Hispanic gangs? Let's take advantage of our own people. Who are they, who are they can complain to? Being you know, with with Hispanics, especially new, new immigrants from Mexico, back in the day, Italians with the black hand. You know, Mr. Big, you talk about this a lot, and our listeners are fascinated by it, and that's basically this whole idea of the mob, and it's really, when you come right down to it, it's kind of a good guys, bad guys type of thing, and it's this battle that's fought constantly, people die, as you said before, so let's first of all talk about the mob itself. Who were some of the leaders in the Buffalo mob, in a brief way, kind of just tell us how this all lays out. We look at the beginnings of the mafia in the city of Buffalo, right, we're going to take it to what's going on in the 20s, and we take it through the through volume two and volume two, three into what's going on today, especially as it comes to civic and government corruption. I mean, the strength of the, in my opinion, strongly, the strength of the Buffalo Mafia is dead, is far, far, far from reality. Even in the 60s and 70s, they were doing such things as taking toxic chemicals and mixing them with fuel oil and selling them to the members of the public. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine toxic chemicals being mixed with number two fuel oil so you can burn it in your home for the winter time like we have now? And what's going to happen to little Jane or little Jimmy? Breathing it, those fumes. Right? That's horrific stuff. Absolutely horrific stuff. This is going on right now, right? This is not something we're just talking about strictly history because a lot of people feel like, oh, well, that's, like you say, it's the Sopranos. It doesn't really exist. It's going on as we, as we speak. There's many court cases going on. There's at least one federal court case going on now in the city of Buffalo talking about what's going on with Buffalo and people as that's alleged to be part of the mob. They're being, they're being charged with, among other things, sex trafficking. And we'll taking a close look at that one, keeping a close eye on that one. Because a lot of interesting people are involved to include members of the DA. Can you imagine that? The DA might be, a DA agent, agent might have been corrupted into interacting with the members of the mafia. I mean, just because we want to have respect for those hardworking men and women out there in law enforcement doesn't mean some of them can't be corrupt. Even going back to Capone, we find out that many people in law enforcement were corrupted. 
can you resist that the amount of temptation how hard it would be well you know and again this is the same old story it's about there's opportunities to make money and really when you come right down to it this comes this comes from greed right i mean there's an opportunity to make money in a city like buffalo that's had some tough times it's it's a kind of a gritty city it's just it's one of those places where you can go if you've got the hard-working uh approach and and you don't care about right and wrong you can make some money well the thing is this is too (laughs) interesting thing as you say that some of the biggest um things that are slowing down any involvement with the mafia say Buffalo is now we have legalized gambling. You don't have to go to a local bookmaker to make that football bet, to make that hockey bet, to make that basketball get bet. You can do it you can do it online. You know, you can go to local bookmaking, which has all been legalized, right? You can do it on, you can do fan duel, dual kings, whatever they're called, right? Over system you want to use, which has been licensed by the state of New York. You don't have to go to that no good bookie back in the day. You can go and do it legally. You know, it's interesting too that we'll see if the Buffalo creates a new stadium for the Bills, will they in fact have an office of an official better bookmaking place there? We'll be able to go and bookmake bets at the football game. Because yeah. the fear when I was growing up as a kid was, oh, well, you'd never put a team in Vegas because there'd be a chance of corruption and so forth. But as you bring out, actually, it's very easy to do it any, anywhere there's a stadium. You can gamble. And this is part of the issue. Uh, all of a sudden, it qu- puts into question all of that. So anytime you see a game and you see something that doesn't make sense, the first thing that's going to be going to mind is, did somebody get involved in it? And it does make it easy for somebody to get involved in things that you wouldn't even notice, but you just change a point here, a point there. It could be millions of dollars. Well, there's an author I would highly recommend by the name of Declan Hill, who talks about it in his first book called The Fix, which is when he looked at soccer. He went around the world talking to different people that are fixing soccer games. And thinking that they're back fixing soccer games back in the day, what might they be looking to do today? That's what the NFL, the NBA, and other professional sports organizations make sure that the players take the classes on this is what the mafia will do. If they get their hooks on you, they'll get your hooks on you big time. Be careful. Don't get involved with the shady people. Watch who you go out with on dates. Look out, watch out who you hang out with when you're not playing sports because they want to look for you. They want to look for that weakness that you might have that they can get your hooks in you from because they want those ability to shave that point. It's a good thing you're a prolific writer because there's so much to cover. Besides, of course, you've written about Milwaukee. We've, you've written about Buffalo, Vegas. There's no question. Are there some other cities around the country that maybe people don't think of? I mean, you always go to New York and L.A., but are there some, some medium-sized cities where there's been a lot of uh, criminal activity that the locals know about but really nobody else? That's a good question. We know that the, we know that the cartels are getting more and more involved in American cities. I think that Chicago has the outfit still right. They're getting more and more of a cartel presence. I live close to I-90, what runs north-south um, from Chicago into the Canadian wilderness. And we know that Chicago is basically run criminally enterprise by um, the Sinaloa cartel. So I would say the things to be looking at are the local cities close to the borders with a heavy cartel presence who are definitely doing things, horrific things. I mean, human trafficking is way beyond our imagination. I recently had a discussion with someone about how they're finding bodies now on the southern border missing organs. But the idea is that these people are being, they pick close to their highway, close up to the border, they're killed, and the organs are being harvested. Can you imagine that? When you look at organized crime and so forth, is it just one of those things that wherever there's money around, the possibility and 
there's no way to really stop it, right? Because no. it's always going to be there, and if and if it's a constant battle, and if the police or the feds get get a, a start on one end, there's always another way to go around it. There'll never be an end to organized crime because there'll always be someone out there who will make money and look for different ways to do it, and there'll be people willing to help him out. As case in point, uh, carton of cigarettes in the city of Chicago is going close for 50 bucks, right? I can get the same carton up here and outside of Milwaukee for about 30 bucks. Chicago is a 20-minute drive from here. There you go. <laughs> right. There you go, right? <laughs> Absolutely, and we've seen that even in things like recycling, where somebody figures out there's a different return in one state than another, and if, if you can find a way to get it there, it makes sense. Uh, there's money to be made. There's money to be made. I mean, like back in the day, we all play, I, I should say we all, but most of us probably played bar sports at one time, right? You buy that square, you know, that local Sunday football mm-hmm. game, right? That's, that could hurt anybody, right? And I think most of the gambling situations aren't going to hurt anybody either, in my opinion. But at some point, the ability of a football team to be convinced to throw a game or two, not necessarily by the players, but by owners. What happens if you get an owner involved in a football team or a baseball team or a basketball team that might need, need money bad? So it makes some bad trades. So they pull people off because they have that ability to do that. And it really screw up situations. I mean, we have to be, in my opinion paying attention to what's going around us. I agree with you, and I think the only one of the ways that we can really kind of keep an eye on this is to look for these places and look in places that maybe nobody else looks at, and that's what's great about this book. You've got to get it. It's called The Buffalo Mob, The Return of Organized Crime to the Queen City. You don't have to live in Buffalo to find this fascinating. It really is, and it gives you an idea of what's going around, and it may be coming to a city near you. If I can end on this note, Buffalo's debating and building a stadium for the new football for the football team, right? I've read that since they would build it for either a billion dollars with a B or two billion dollars. It's gonna be run at that price line because stadiums are not cheap. They're gonna use the public money, taxpayers' money most likely to build build most of it. So the question I have for the people of Buffalo, the people who live by these stadiums, is this what mechanisms are in place to make sure that the right people are getting these contracts and then not being taken advantage of by organized crime? They asked those questions when it happened in Nevada, but really, that has to be asked everywhere for the precise reasons that you brought up before. So it makes sense. Well, let's just think if if, um, the mafia guy, the mafia gets involved in the stadium, and they get the popcorn concession. Well, you start talking about food, there's there's beer, there's you name it, so... uh it, it, yeah. It's a really interesting story. What are you, what are you working on besides uh, that? I know you got this, but you got a couple of other books coming up we in the do. near future. We have a um, we have a tongue in cheek book called "The Associate where myself and Mr. Haas, um, Doug Haas, are looking at. We're making. We have we wrote a book about skills that you might need, movies you might want to watch, shows you might want to take advantage of, podcasts you might like to hear, books you want to read. If you're looking at all, I'll, I'll be coming a member of the mafia. I will also have a cookbook coming out that's called um, "The Wacked." Be 50 recipes for you to be able to make at your local um, mafia headquarters if you have to go to the mattress, right? These are some of the books coming out. We have one coming out probably in the fall on prohibition and rum running in the Caribbean. We have a book coming out on mysterious Hollywood sex crimes. We're busy people here. Busy, busy. Well, you can always follow Mr. Big right here on Vegas Never Sleeps. The book that you want to get right now is The Buffalo Mob, The Return of Organized Crime to the Queen City. Wayne, thank you so much. We will talk again. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time. Please follow Vegas Never Sleeps on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
And thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Oh, Vegas, here we go!